Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 536. Today we're going to take a look at Guild Ball. Now this is the, I believe, first game from Steam Forged, and this is very much like soccer, but sort of like Blood Bowl if you've played that or heard of that. Uh, so it kind of plays out like soccer. It's a miniatures game. You're going to be uh, moving and measuring and kicking the ball, but you're also going to be fighting and attacking and casting spells and doing all kinds of different attacks and all that kind of stuff. And you're going to have uh, six figures on the pitch on each side, relatively depending on the, the type of game that you play. And uh, so it has a very interesting way to get into the game, which I'm going to go ahead and jump in and show you now. Okay, so the first thing to talk about Guild Ball is that you don't need any of this that you see in front of you, okay? You can go to their website, you can print out the rule book, you can download paper standees of the miniatures and use those. You can download templates and tokens and print those out. Uh, this here is the pitch, which I'm going to be using. Now they do have, which is I just bought at Michael's, this is a 3x3 three three pitch. Uh, it's just a felt pad, it's green, so it's like a soccer field. Uh, but they do have their own stuff. So this is going to have some metal miniatures. The starter sets here, this is the Brewers Guild starter set, which I'm showing you. You can see this comes with three miniatures, and then there are also extra miniatures that you can get. Uh, and you will, to flesh out a full team, you'll want to get like a starter set and then a few more miniatures. And it's a good idea to have some kind of terrain, but you could really play this without terrain. I have played it with and without terrain. I don't really know either way. I do like having the terrain just because it kind of looks cool and it kind of adds a little bit of, you know, tactics to the game, but it's not necessary at all. Um, but let's kind of break this out and then I'll kind of walk through it a little bit in terms of like what you're going to get and everything and I'll talk about how the game works. So like I said, I've got this, I got this here at Michael's and it's the perfect size. I've used it for actually a lot of different games. Uh, they do have a pitch and I've seen other people that kind of make their own custom pitches. It usually cost about 35 to 50 bucks uh, depending on how fancy it is. Now the thing that you need to know is you need to know the dead center of the table. The nice thing about this is I can fold it up and you know it's kind of has some lines for me. So this is kind of the dead center and you'll have a center line kind of going through it and this is going to divide each side of the pitch. And then you want to take some kind of measuring device here and measure out and put out these goal posts. So you can kind of use anything you want. They technically want you to use something a little bit wider here, but as long as both teams have the uh, same targets, I don't personally see a problem with it. And so these are what the players are going to be targeting when they go to kick the ball. So we're going to put those there. Now players will have kind of this sort of invisible line here, but you have sort of like uh, the goal line up here and then a deployment line that you can just measure out. Now once you start the game, the only thing really to worry about is the goal line and then also the center here in terms of like kickoffs and things like that. So I went ahead and put a little bit of terrain out here. Now the rule book itself doesn't actually tell you the suggested terrain. You want to go ahead and print out the PDF. This is sort of for the tournament organization rules, but there's a little bit, it's like, it tells you, you know, roughly seven pieces of terrain. Uh, that forest is probably a little bit too big, you know, but that's fine, it's set off to the side. Uh, and it, it tells you about how many of the different types. So you're gonna have different types like obstructions and barriers, and they're gonna kind of break line of sight in terms of maybe targeted effects, you know, if you're blasting or shooting your opponent or trying to kick the ball and so on. So it's good to kind of scatter that up a little bit. But like I said, you don't have to play with this and the game's gonna play just fine. Now the other kind of quick thing that I would print out is this sort of set of turn sequences here. And I just printed these out on some cardstock. Now the rules are fine. It's just as you're learning to game to kind of dig into like, do I get momentum when I do that? Or how many dice do I roll? Or how many dice do I adjust this for? 
it's all going to be right here. It's super easy to look at and it just makes it very digestible and easy also to teach somebody and say, here, you use this and then they'll be able to kind of go through that. So I would print this little fancy thing out here. Uh, but from there, uh, the rule book is going to do uh, just fine. It's going to walk you through everything. And I like this is the printed one that you can get. It's hardcover, gives you some kind of background on the different guilds and things. And, uh, you know, gives you all the rules and some good examples of different, uh, you know, attacks and how to shoot a goal and how to pass the ball. So let's take a look at some of the other components that you're going to need. Obviously, you're going to need the miniatures. Now, these are the metal miniatures here. And these came uh, with the starter set. You can also get these in various blister packs as well. So what I'm showing you here are the brewmasters here. And so these are obviously a beer brewing guild. There we go. So I kind of apologize for the paint job. This is the first time I have worked with metal miniatures. And uh, so I struggled just a little bit with putting these together. Some of the joints are kind of small and tight and had to re-glue different parts. This guy's from the butcher's guild here. Um, and there's a couple of different things to note here. Now we have here uh, the captain. So each team is gonna have to take one captain. You can kind of see this guy there. He's pretty cool looking. You got to take one captain. And then in a full game, you're going to take kind of four t normal team members. And then also a mascot. So we can see here this little piglet looking guy there. He's a mascot. You might have uh, a little dog here. So you can see he's got his little keg under him there. So you're going to take one captain, four team members, and then a mascot. And you can play like smaller games uh, with just three characters to get started. That's a fine way to learn how to play the game. You play to a fixed number of points. And I should say, uh, each of the starter sets comes with a little uh, ball token. So you just base that and then away you go. Now they do have sets of dice and tokens. Um, so what you have these influence tokens here. These are nice, whoops, acrylic tokens that you can get. And there's also different tokens for the different effects uh, that these different characters can do. And then there's some cool sort of custom dice. Uh, but regular D6s would work fine. Now the nice thing is the characters when you buy them in the starter set and also in their blister packs do come with the cards that represent them. And you can see these are double-sided. Uh, you can put them in these nice sleeves here because as they take damage, you can see you might just mark off with a dry erase marker there, or you can just keep track of it you know, however you want. But that's a nice thing if you put these in the sleeves like that. Now, the only other thing that you're gonna need to get, uh, which I printed out here, is a kick uh, scatter template here. Uh, they, do, they do sell these in acrylic. I just printed these out and then you have kind of a standard sta uh, scatter template. So sometimes the ball will have to scatter after you kick it, it'll kind of go extra distance. And then you also want to get some of these guild plot cards. Again, I printed these out. Again, you can print out all of this stuff. If you wanted to just, you know, buy the miniatures and then print out the rule book and these different cards and things, then you would be good to go. And you'll want some kind of measuring device to measure distances and so on. Okay, I've done some general deployment here and I'm not measuring anything because I don't actually play on this table. I gotta play on my kitchen table. This one's not quite big enough. Uh, but you're gonna deploy these guys behind your deployment line. And then you're gonna roll off and see who gets to choose who kicks off. So you're gonna roll off. The winner is going to choose whether to kick or receive. And then let's say this team ended up kicking, this team would receive. So to start the game off, you're going to kick off. And so what this player is going to do is he's going to do a jog action. So there's a few different types of movement in the game. And this is going to be defined here on the player's card. You can see there's some different stats here, but let's just look at movement. So they can take sort of a free move uh, of a jog for four inches and then their max movement or a sprint or charge would be actually six inches. So he could do up to four inches here. So we'll just do a little bit of a movement there. 
and then he'll move up here and then he's allowed to kick the ball. Now the ball as it travels with the player, it's sort of invisible, but you just, it doesn't really matter where it is. If you need to make room for it, you just kind of attach it obviously. And then he's gonna make a kick. So if you take a look at a kick, there's a couple things to note here. This is gonna be the number of dice that you roll and this is the maximum distance that you can kick it. So he's gonna roll three dice and what he's trying to get is a four plus. So on your base kicks, you're always just trying to roll four plus to see if you're successful. In this case, he would've got a four. But before you roll, you're actually going to measure and put where you want the ball. So he's got six and so we're gonna go ahead and just put that right out here which is a little bit dicey, um, but because you need to have this travel past the middle line in this case. So he's gonna do that and he's got that. So after you make a kick, if you kick into space, you then are going to take the, uh, the kick scatter te template, just kind of put that under like that in the direction that you did it. And then you're going to roll uh, one die for the sort of direction it's going to scatter and then another die for the distance. So we're gonna go ahead and roll this one here. So the red die will be the direction, so that's a two, and then it'll be four inches from there. So it'll be just up here, right there. So it's gonna scatter up there. So that's the kickoff. Now, if you don't make it across that middle line, then the other player gets basically gets to put the ball uh, with whoever they want. So now at this point, you're going to allocate influence. And so if we take a look here at the different character cards, you can see he generates, you can't really see that, there we go, one influence, and he can be allocated four. So you're gonna to total up all of the influence that your team generates by looking at all the cards. In this case here, Tapper, he's our captain. He's gonna generate three and he can have four signs. So you're gonna take and total up all the influence that you get, sometimes there'll be different modifiers, and then players will take turns assigning that influence to the various different models on their side, and then they're gonna take turns activating those models. And when you activate a model, you're gonna spend all of the influence. Now, not everything you do requires influence. So you can activate a model and just do the jog, which is sort of the slow movement, and then that's all that that guy could do if he didn't have any influence to him. So let's go over what the different actions can be. So the first thing, we've already talked a little bit about that, is movement. Now you can do a basic jog, like I said, for no influence, and he could just go his, up to his minimum distance. Uh, now you can only activate and do a sort of an active move once per turn. So I couldn't do like a jog uh, and then a sprint unless I had some rule to break that. Now I can also do a sprint, which again is this larger movement there. That's gonna cost me one influence, so I have to spend that. I could also do a charge, which is the same as a sprint, but it's gonna cost me two influence. And I want to try to charge and get within the melee range of an opponent. And at that point, then I can make an attack and I get to roll uh, four extra dice on that attack if you, if you make a charge. Now, speaking of attacking, you can spend an influence to make an attack. And now these different models here have what's known as a melee zone. And you can see he's got a one inch melee zone Tapper here, who again is our captain, he's got a two inch melee zone. You can see that because he's got this, this long uh, sort of uh, stick there that he could, he has sort of like reach, so he could reach him and do that. Now to make an attack, you also have to spend an influence. So let's look at an example of an attack here because there's some different modifiers. So let's say he's got an influence, he's gonna spend that. He's gonna make an attack. 
Now he's gonna first look at his tack number. That's the number of dice he's gonna roll. So he's gonna take and roll six dice, but he's gonna get a bonus die because this guy here was in melee range. Now that could be canceled out if there was somebody else here that was also engaged. This is what's called if you're within that zone and you're engaged. So you can add and subtract dice with friendly or enemy uh, units and there'll be other different like effects and things too maybe something that gives you you know extra damage or extra defense and it's nice to have these little extra tokens here uh, to sort of visually and easily keep track of all that so i definitely would recommend getting the tokens um, but you're going to roll, roll your base dice so he's going to try to then beat this target's defensive number so you can see he's got a low whoops low defense there of a two plus and so you're going to go ahead and roll that so he's going to be in this case rolling uh six dice because these two cancel each other out and there's no other modifiers so he's going to roll six dice try to get a two plus so at that point let's say he rolled let's see let's roll that this is roll four of them uh he only got uh two hits here and so what he's also going to then do is we're going to subtract from the number of hits the target's armor now he's got zero armor so you just roll up this is your target number you get let's say you get four hits and then you subtract the armor if because armor was two would go back down to two and then you're going to take a look at your attacking character and you're going to see what you have available to you so you can see you have these different columns available so if i had let's say three hits so i could then choose any of the results in these three different columns here and this is where these uh, player aids come in handy as you can see here what the different symbols mean so a two that would just be two damage uh, this would be a push so the target model will go an inch or the active model may make a dodge so you could actually make it attack and then a dodge uh, you can tackle them to the ground you can activate uh, one of their playbook results so let's take a look at some different examples here so here's the kitty he's a mascot um, so he can do, you know, one damage or two damage and a push. He can do a tackle. And he can also trigger here uh, this, uh, this special character play. And so you can see this is the cost. So it can only be happened during an attack here. If this happens, then you can say target enemy model suffers minus four, minus four in their movements. So it's going to reduce their total movement by four. Uh, so they're going to be hamstrung there. Uh, so some other examples here. Now Tabber, which I was just showing you, he's got a few different things. He can tackle, he can push, he can knock down. He can target this or trigger this one here. You can see that little symbol there. Now this one has those two little symbols there, so you can target this big one here. So if he was able to get one, two, three, four, five columns or five hits, then he could trigger this here. So you can see an attack made against an enemy model that is within the aura gains plus one damage or plus one dice and plus one damage to the playbook damage results so that's actually pretty cool that's just basically push a four inch aura around it uh, so the other thing to notice about these is you can actually take and spend influence to do some of these here so for example stoker here he's got a few none of his trigger off the attacks but he's got a few that he can spend to sort of burn people. And there's also different character traits and special abilities that'll be on the back here uh, as well. And kicks actually work kind of the same way. So when you make a kick action, again, it's gonna be very similar to the way I showed it before. Let's say he's got the ball here, and then he wants to make a kick. He can maybe pass it to this guy, or he could even try to uh, target the goal, but he's obviously too far from the goal to actually make the kick. So you're either going to target another player to pass the ball to, target the goal itself, or target just like a spot on the board like we did with the kickoff, and then try to get it there. 
Now again, you're gonna roll the number of dice equal to your kick stat, and then you're trying to get a four plus. And again, there will be other uh, modifiers uh, in play. So if I was trying to actually pass it to this guy, uh, these two fellows here are going to increase that target number. So normally you need a four, but now you need a five and a six because they're within melee range. If there was like somebody in the way here, he's going to subtract uh, the number of dice, the same as somebody here was blocking uh, the goal like that. Now you can actually kick over terrain and things like that. If it's a blocking line of sight, uh, you're just going to reduce, or excuse me, increase again the target number because you know theoretically you could kick it uh, here like over this little uh, bushel of trees here but it's just gonna be a little bit harder. Now the next thing to talk about is momentum. And to actually even make a kick on a goal, you need to have one momentum to spend. Now momentum is going to reset uh, every round. After everybody's done activating and using all the influence for all the characters, again, you're gonna roll for initiative. Uh, but during the course of the round, you can get momentum. Now, the one easiest way to get momentum is to make a successful pass. So if he was up here, he kicked the ball to him, successful pass, then you've got one momentum to spend and you could use that momentum again to score or try to score a goal because you need at least one to make an attempt. The other ways that you can gain momentum is actually by scoring a goal. When you score a goal, you'll get that momentum back. I'll explain the goal scoring here in a little bit. Uh, you can actually get two a goal scoring. If one of the dice that you rolled for that kick ends up being a six and then you get two momentum. Sometimes the results uh, from a playbook or from one of the effects will give you momentum. And then also uh, taking out an enemy, which I'll talk about. Now, what can you do with momentum besides attempting a goal kick? Well, you can spend one, one momentum to add a die to a die roll. You can only do that once per roll. You could ignore rough ground. So if we were up here trying to maybe move over that and we had classified this as rough terrain, you could use it, which will actually reduce your movement. Uh, you can actually use that to glide. You can spend a momentum to glide and maybe uh, not, you can ignore that penalty. You can spend a momentum to take a breather. Uh, you can recover like any conditions. Let's say we had a bad condition on him that we wanted to get rid of. We could spend up a momentum to get rid of that or also heal um, uh, four hit points. I'll talk about damage in a minute, but you can heal up to four hit points when you do that. And you can actually heal a a friendly unit within eight inches if you spend two momentum. So maybe this guy's done activating, we're activating this guy, and we're gonna sort of inspire him. It's called, come on mate, and we'll spend two momentum that we've acquired, and that will heal him up to four, or again, remove his conditions. Now you can also use it to make it a counter attack. So if this guy was in here attacking him, we could attack, we could spend a momentum then to immediately counter attack him back. You can do it to make a four inch dodge. You can do all kinds of different kind of reactions. And again, this is why we have this little sheet here because there's quite a bit that you can do with momentum and it's important that you can always kind of remember that. So this is very good for, uh, you know, reminding yourself during the game what's possible. Now, as uh, characters take damage, let's take a look here at the damage here. You can see, you can either mark this, like I said, with uh, a marker or just use a die or something. But as you take damage, you're gonna get uh, taken out and then your player's gonna be removed off to the side of the board. Now every round, you're gonna get what's called a icy sponge. It's like this healing thing. So you can accrue these to then heal back up to a certain amount. So once I have one sponge, I can heal back up to this amount and then a second sponge up to here. Now, or then at a later point or a future round, you can then spend one of those that you've gotten and then get back onto the pitch and you just kind of come in off the side here uh, right next to kind of your deployment zone where you started off the game. But it is worth noting that you will get points for taking 
people out. And I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning, but you get four, four points when you make a goal and two points when you take somebody out of the game. So it's theoretically possible to get all your points from taking people out, although I don't think that's actually possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can do that. And that's one of the interesting things about the game, which I'll talk about more in the review, is you might sort of try to set up these little brawls and scrums and try to get some points that way with your bruisers and then maybe have another guy kind of darting around trying to score goals. And then, you know, both of you are trying to do that. Some players have, might have more specialized defensive abilities. Uh, you can have different keywords on the back of your cars, like goalkeeper and things. And so that sort of shows you what they specialize in. So you will have, uh, you know, different kind of makeups of your team to kind of be good at combat. And then also maybe good at, you know, passing and moving the ball around and, you know, different, just crazy stuff like teleporting and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about here are these plot cards. Now these are the season two plot cards because it's currently in its second season. You can go and get the season one plot cards. You can also get like league plot cards, which is a bigger deck and there's more cards that are specific for the different factions. And so you can sort of like win and get access to these different cards over the course of a season. Now to start the game, you're gonna deal five cards to each player. It's a pretty small deck and I'm honestly not sure how that works in a league, but uh, so you're, it's somewhat knowable of a deck. And so you deal out five and then each player is gonna keep three of them and it'll tell you uh, when you can play them. So it'll give you a requirement here. It says an enemy model inflicts the takeout condition on a friendly model or scores a goal. At that moment, you can play this and then the friendly team will get two momentum points there. And there's all kinds of cool stuff like that. So you just play it whenever it says and it'll give you some kind of reward or bonus and so on. So that's pretty much the general gist of the game. So that is Guild Ball. Uh, what do I think of it? Well, I think this is the my favorite of these sort of fantasy attacking sports games like a Blood Bowl or Dread Ball or any of those kind of games. Uh, this is this one is awesome. Now, it's like soccer, which I think is really cool. I've been really wanting to play a soccer game that actually works. And so, you know, Blood Bowl kind of works for football slash rugby and Dread Ball kind of works for basketball. This is kind of like your answer for soccer um, or football if you live in a, somewhere else besides the United States. Uh, so the thing that I like most about this game is the sort of balance between just kind of your melee scrumming sort of combat that's gonna happen using different special abilities, kind of making use of your team versus the other team, setting yourself up to really try to take somebody out and get points that way versus the ball that's kind of flying around and floating around. And I really like that they've decided to, you know, make those worth points to actually take somebody out like that. Interesting element to the game. And, you know, just the fact that you have terrain even is kind of cool because, uh, you know, you've got sort of these different areas that can set up, maybe block line of sight or, you know, hinder movement a little bit. And then somebody else is going to kind of dart around over to the side or, you know, hide behind a, a, a barrier of some sort and, you know, pass the ball and sort of dart around. It's got a very sort of soccer feel to it where you're trying to sort of play keep away for a little while until you get that, you know, prime opportunity to zerg in and then try to strike at that goal. So I really like that aspect of the game. Uh, all of the different characters and things seem very thematic, like at least the two teams that I have here. Uh, the Brewmaster goes really just like they're big and they're huge and they're trying to push everybody out of the way. Whereas the Butchers, which is the other team, is trying to do kind of quick damage, get in and out, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the one thing I should want to mention is uh, you, you might think that you need other templates just by reading it. I don't think you do. Some of the different characters have different abilities like burning and smoke and stuff. Uh, this template 
template will be fine. You just got to use it. It's basically the same size as those other templates. So you don't have to go and like get all these different templates like you might think from reading the rules. You can just use the normal uh, scatter here. I will say if you watched all the way through the walkthrough, it might seem like there's a little bit, you know, going on to it, but it's actually very, very simple. You just allocate your influence and then away you go and you spend all the different actions. Like I said, these are very, very helpful aids to uh, download and print off because you're your actions are very simple. You just take actions on the cards or move around a little bit, kick, and then fight. And that's it. But the, all of those different kind of effects and things are really what's going to add a lot to the sort of, uh, you know, the nature of the game, the flavor of the game. Um, the one thing that's interesting about this is sort of the sort of presentation of the product. Like I said, you can download everything for free. You can get everything, print them out for free, or you could get it kind of onesie twosie. You know, you could get the mat, you could get one team and, you know, you could get two teams, you and a buddy going on a team and get the extra guys. It is some, I think somewhat affordable to do it that way, to just get like the minis themselves and then kind of handcraft everything else to at least start the game and see if you want to get into it. Like I said, it did struggle a little bit with the minis, but I'm kind of a novice with these metal minis. So yeah, I don't mean, I don't know how valid my opinion is really on, you know, sort of the qualities. They, they were very kind of tricky to glue together, not all of them, but some of them for sure were very tricky to sort of glue together little arm sockets and things. Uh, this was one particular one that I'm I'm fond of, but uh, she's actually a really cool mini. It's not really focusing there, is it? But uh, yeah, I mean, I like her. She's cool. She's like this little butcher with this little hook thing there. Um, uh, but they were very tricky to put together in that way. Um, they do have resin versions of the mini, which is a little bit more expensive. And I've not worked with those, but you know, resin minis seem to be a little bit easier to work with than metal. Um, but there's nothing stopping you from, you know, just printing these out and then playing the game and taking a look at it and testing it and then getting more into it. But I just wish, uh, I do really recommend these tokens though, because it's, there's a lot to kind of keep track of in terms of some of the different modifiers. That's something I would certainly, uh, you know, invest in with the game because otherwise you're going to have all these kind of handmade tokens everywhere. So for sure, I would say get the minis and the tokens, uh, the rule book you could print out and download and all that stuff. And like I said, the pitch here, uh, you can just grab for five bucks or something at Michael's. Um, so I kind of wish there was a sort of a boxed starter set. Um, I know this was on Kickstarter, I believe a year ago. So they, you probably could get something like that then, but if they ever do, you know, kickstart this again, if you're kind of leery, you know, you're more of a board gamer where it's like, you want everything just in the box ready to go. I would be on the lookout for maybe like a new season Kickstarter. I don't know if they're planning anything like this, but I would be on the lookout because it's really a great fun game. And I think really honestly, the best of this kind of style of game. Um, but hopefully they'll offer some kind of just package where you don't have to like figure out, do I buy this one or get this one or that one? Um, but if you have questions about it, definitely let me know. You can kind of see how I did this. Now they sent me the minis, they sent me the rule book and these token sets, and then I printed out the other gauges and everything here. Um, and that to me, I felt like was sufficient. Um, just to have some minis and then the rule book and these tokens. Um, but even the rule book, you don't really necessarily need you can just print it out. Uh, but if you want to get into it, I definitely would, because this is I've been having a blast with it. Uh, just 
you know, I want to see some of these other teams. I'm very interested because one is like a fisherman's guild. There's kind of like a steampunk guild. Um, there's one kind of, I can't remember the name of the guild, but it's sort of like a, a nature guild. There's one like summons terrain and stuff, just crazy stuff. So it's very evocative and thematic and fun, all those kind of interactions of powers layered on top of like a really, really simple core system. So anyway, definitely take a look at this, uh, at least kind of, you know, just investigate a little bit more because I highly recommend this game. Thanks. Thanks.